I don't think it's also going to work if I look at you and say, you're being defensive right now. No, it, it all triggers the same stuff. See, here we go again. I know. This is close to your heart. Yeah. Must Some, be something I need to work on a little bit. Someday we'll get to stuff that's close to me and I can cry. And, <laughs> and it'll be fairsies. Yeah. Welcome to the Secure Marriage Podcast, where we believe it's possible to fight less, feel understood, and enjoy a deeper connection with your spouse. We're your hosts, Paul and Shannon Elmore, and on today's episode, how to reduce defensiveness in your spouse. Wow. Well One done. One-time wonder. You're the stuff. Nicely done. Thank you. Nicely done. Yesterday, I suggested a little experiment that we should try. You did. It's an interesting experiment. Do you want me to tell about it or do yeah, you want to tell no, about it? No, you tell about it. One of the things I see a lot in couples is this um, tendency to correct mm-hmm. because they believe there's like one right way. And so uh, a husband will be correcting a wife all the time. No, it's not that way. It's this way. Or a wife will be correcting a husband. And that correcting can become remarkably toxic in a relationship. And I've noticed that you and I actually are doing it. Um, a lot lately and so I suggested that we try a little experiment I've never given this to a client but I thought we could test it out on ourselves and see how it works because I I don't want well two things I don't want to continually correct you and make you feel bad because because I believe that I have a better way or or your way is wrong because when you correct someone that's and really what you're telling them right you're wrong exactly and so as long as you keep going around pointing out how wrong people are, it creates that defensiveness, shuts down openness, um, and becomes, again, toxic in, in the relationship. Secondly is, I don't want to feel bad. I don't want to feel like I'm all wrong all the time, sure. or that every time I just mention something, I have to be super precise, precise. and detailed because right. you're going to correct one little minuscule detail of it. So I suggested instead of um, just overtly correcting or telling no, stop it, we play this experiment where where if I say something and you don't think it's right, you actually go, hold on, stop, wait a second, uh, what am I missing? Instead of pointing out how wrong I am, you actually are assuming I must be missing something, there's more information I need, and that's why Paul has made the decision or or the statement or the perspective he has. Right. And I can do the same to you. If I don't agree with you, instead of just going, no, it's wrong, I go, hold on, uh, catch me up to speed here. What am I missing? It makes the assumption that you're right, but I but but there's information that's not that's not right. being conveyed thoroughly. And I think that that is actually a large majority of mis- misunderstanding and corrections uh, that causes conflict and tension. You want an example of when that happened with us? Sure. And again, I know I'm surprising this on you. We can edit it out there if we need to. Um, but it was 10 minutes after you got off the plane. You corrected me. I did? We were standing. Oh, we about were... the plane time. Nope. Well, yes, you did about the plane time as well. So it was two things you oh, did within geez. 10 minutes. You were told that it was at, uh, the, to pick up your luggage, it was at Carousel 5. So we went downstairs and we were all standing around Carousel 5. And then all of a sudden, Carousel 4 turned on and everyone moved over there. And I said, oh, your luggage is coming at Carousel 4. And you said, no, it's not. And I said, actually, it is. And you read Carousel 4 and you said, that says Seattle or something else like that. Because that was what was on the top. Sacramento. But right below it is your flight number and your airline showing that's where it got moved over. Is one carousel over. 
But if you if you would have approached that thing of, oh, wait a second, Paul's now made the decision that is on number four instead of number five, what am I missing? Right. I could have said, the sign up there says Got it's it. now moved over. And I wouldn't have felt like you were saying that I was wrong because I actually knew I was right because I see the sign right there. And, and it takes out a lot of the a lot of the tension and, and argument. Again, it, this is less this about... This instance, who, it doesn't really... This is less about who's right and wrong. This is how do we handle it the next time? Because I don't want to come across as condemning. Right. I don't want to come across in any way that's going to raise your defensiveness. Right. And I don't want to have to be have defensive to be with you all the time. And the way we phrase it, when we just look at someone and go, no, you're wrong, it's this way... What does that do to anyone? Well, of course, that makes people defensive. And so we are new. We're trying to figure this out. And this is right. not going to be easy. It's going to be <laughs> right. challenging to rewire our brain. Because sure. by default, we just go to the, no, it's not how it is. Right. Back to that survival brain piece of, I want to be right. I need to be right so that I can trust myself. I can, I can feel it safe. I can feel secure. Right. But the way... We can we convey that information to each other hurts each other, right? When we're operating out of our, out of out our of survival, survival brain, brain. and I yeah, want to operate out of a relational brain. So, this is again, what am I missing? Right. Well, and as we've talked about it, when you shared it with me at first, I was like, I didn't quite understand. I, I understood the concept, but I didn't quite understand what you meant by what am I missing? I get it much better now. It's like, okay, you're telling me something, but maybe you haven't given me all the information that there is. And if I don't agree with it instead of, because I was thinking, well, how come I can't just say to you, well, I don't agree with that? Because that doesn't always come across. That comes across as I believe that I have you're something right, right and you're wrong. wrong. But whereas and if I can, right, and if I can get a, my mind around, giving you the benefit of the doubt and yep. going, okay, um, he hasn't given me some piece of information, which is hard for me because I'm a six and I like information. I like to know. Yeah. So sometimes I feel like you don't give me information, I, not on purpose necessarily, but it's like, you know, I need information. Why don't you just give it to me? So I have to start just. Because here's, you want an answer to that? Sure. And again, I don't consciously hold information back, but here's what happens when you or anyone needs to have all that information before you simply believe me. Because it is, I need all the information so I can I can evaluate and diagnose all that information <laughs> to see if I agree with it before I, before I get on board with whatever Paul wants to do. And sometimes it's like, I want you to do it because I said so. Got it. Because you trust me. Right. Because I know I'm, I'm not trying to hurt you or cheat you or make you look stupid or foolish in any sort of way. And I don't have to give you all the information. Will you operate out of trust with me? That Not out of you have to evaluate it for yourself to trust yourself more than you trust me. Right. That's, that's a hard one for me. N not because I don't trust you have my best interest, but because... Dang, these are... These okay. are important. These are important topics, apparently. Right, but well, as I learn, <sighs> I'm sorry, honey. <laughs> oh, as I learn more about myself, I think the the having the information, having the details, mm -hmm. it's not about whether mulling it over and deciding if I want to believe that it's right or not. I think it really comes down to 
safety for mm-hmm. me. I know it does. And I'm learning that about you. <laughs> and it's not that I don't want to trust you. Because I know you have my best interest. In the moment when my survival brain is on, I don't believe that. Mm-hmm. That, And that's, you know, hard, but yeah. everybody falls into that. So I have to give myself grace on that. But uh, in a whole and in like big picture, I know you have my best interest and I trust you very much. And I want you to feel safe. But sometimes I can't give you all the information because it just doesn't work that way. Well, I don't like that answer. <laughs> I'll work on a different one. Maybe You'll we'll work come on up a different one. For the next podcast. It's hard. I know it's hard. And I do think sometimes, a lot of times, yeah, just to give that information as extra information, it's not necessary. And it would be nice for me just to say, okay, and trust you. But I also think that you sometimes have a six inch thing where oh. you just don't give the information. You're kind of. Yeah. It less doesn't make more... it from my brain to my mouth. That's the six inches. Right. From the, my brain to my mouth. Where do I find that balance of... We both have some work to do. Again, truly, this isn't just a you thing or a me thing. We both are learning how to relate better to each other even after 26 years of marriage. Right. And this is just one more way that we can learn how to do this so that when one of us drops dead, (laughs) we'll have this thing really figured out and working (laughs) well and we'll enjoy it for the last three minutes. Right, exactly. Yeah. No, yeah. I don't like that idea. Does We're dropping s- dead together at the same time. I know we are. You you can't die that. mess up our You kids. can't die. That threatens my safety, man. <laughs> <laughs> we, we just read in the news that Luke Perry died at 52, I think it is, of a stroke. And it's like she told me that I can't die. Well, if I have a DNR, do not resuscitate. She's hiding the paperwork so that, you know. Because, well, you know, I can't, that, I, can't, that, I can't abandon her. That triggers my sense of abandonment, <laughs> so that's a little bit of a problem. That's a little bit of a thing. Is it fair to say, or is it a noble or admirable goal for both of us to try to figure out ways that we can communicate that doesn't trigger defensiveness in either one of us? Oh, absolutely. It's worth it because I hate being defensive and I get defensive really easily. And so. I do too. I mean, you're not the right. only one. We both do it in our own ways. If we could work on one thing over the next 30 days or whatever it is, I would love for us to get as non-defensive and truly open as possible. So let me throw a wrench in your pocket or however you say that. A wrench in <laughs> She's your... throwing a wrench in my pocket. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I live with. <laughs> to interpret the Shannonism that just happened right there, to throw a wrench in the works, meaning oh, the it's, plan. Gonna, it's not going to work as well. Right. Okay. okay so wrenches in my pocket. Got Go it. Ahead. <laughs> oh dear. Let me see what I was going to ask you. Um. So how do we? How how are we going to navigate or handle? Um. Say because I'm probably more guilty of this than you are. How are we going to handle when that's done to us? That's what I'm after. What if we respond with the response you just gave me triggers my defensiveness? Ooh, I don't like that one, but that's probably very accurate. As opposed to going, stop correcting me. 
Because that now f- triggers your defensiveness right. even more. If, if the whole point and the whole goal is to help each other not become defensive, yeah. then we obviously don't want to perpetuate that defensiveness. Does that make sense? So how does it sound like if we were to just say, you just corrected me? Or I don't need to be corrected right now. Or I don't like being corrected. And at that point, you have a decision to either focus on whatever you corrected me about. Really, it's supposed to be there at 7 o'clock, and you can focus on that, about being right. Or you can totally forget about whatever the topic is and go, okay, wait a second. I don't want to trigger defensiveness in you. I'm sorry that I corrected you. Right. Or I should have corrected you. I should have said this instead so I didn't. Don't trigger your defensiveness. That might work. We could try these out and then come back next week and tell everyone what absolutely doesn't work. Doesn't work. I We're just, have lots of practice. I, I can tell you. I can tell you that um, that phrase you just corrected me is is not gonna. That one's gonna trigger me. Really? I won't be able. I won't be able to hear that. I don't think it's also gonna work if I look at you and say you're being defensive right now. No, it it all triggers the same stuff. See, here we go again. I know. This is close to your heart. Must Some, be something I need to work on a little bit. Someday we'll get to stuff that's close to me, and I can cry. And <laughs> it'll be Pharisees. Yeah. This this is a big theme for you, but it's also a big theme for us. I am married to you. I have done things that have bumped up against this, and I want to do it. To do, we have to correct each other. We we have sure. to help. We have to help each other. But we need to do it in ways that doesn't trigger defensiveness and doesn't bump up against each other's story. That's about yeah. learning about each other. Well, and I think I think in the past when I've done that to you, you've you've told me you've used the phrase and who it reminds you of or what it reminds you of. And that's that's not doesn't help me actually Mm-mm. want to change or be ch- so it triggers your survival brain. It doesn't trigger your learning brain. Right. So we'll get good at this. <laughs> As you can see, this is a tender topic for us. And again, we want you all to understand if you're listening to this podcast that we are still working through it and we're working through it in front of you guys because we still have some growth in our marriage. Um, but we want our marriage to be better. We want us to have a secure marriage, um, even though it's not going to be perfect. And we already know going through this experiment, we're going to bump up against some stuff. But if this idea of improving your marriage and learning how to communicate in ways that doesn't hurt your spouse or trigger their defensiveness or trigger their survival brain, if this sounds intriguing to you and think you think it would actually help your relationship, uh, then we want to kind of walk you through some of the other tools that we use on a daily basis um, um, in our everyday lives. Um, you can actually find some of those at securemarriage.com. Um, it actually starts with three free videos that talk about the communication, how it either triggers conflict cycles or connection cycles. That's what we're trying to get into is a connection cycle here. And it will all walk you through the six things in the secure marriage framework, which will help you get off of that conflict and onto the connection cycle. But it begins with 
three free videos that you can find at securemarriage.com. Um, and then from there, you have a couple options on expanding your um, your learning and your growth in the in your relationship stuff with either an online workshop um, that you can begin right now, or you can sign up for an in-person workshop that Shannon and I lead over a two-day period. And you can bring in the specific things that you have in your relationship, and you can sit with other couples um, and, and learn about the things that you need to grow and change so that you can fight less and feel understood and enjoy a deeper connection with your spouse. We want that for you. We want that for every marriage out there, but it begins with us first. I want to love her the best that I can in any way possible. Right? Yep. Yep. I think that's about it. Thank you so much for listening and watching today. We hope you have a good rest of the week. We'll talk to you later. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hey, thanks so much for listening to the show this week. If you want to find out how you can build your own secure marriage, go to securemarriage.com. And if you have a chance, subscribe to our show on iTunes or however you get your podcast and leave us a review while you're there. You can also write us at podcast at securemarriage.com or follow us on Facebook. We're Paul and Shannon Elmore, and you've been listening to the Secure Marriage Podcast, where we believe it's possible to fight less, feel understood, and enjoy a deeper connection with your spouse.